Uh, Chuck Cooperstein, voice of the Dallas Mavericks, joining us. Chuck, it was good to see you over at Dickey's. I thought that was a good setting for some college basketball regional. You know, I was upset because the Bears did not make it out alive from Dickey's, but uh, still was a great setting, some really good crowds. And, uh, Chuck, we've seen the uh, some NCAA tournament ball come through the AAC in the past, um, it's, uh, but it's just fun, man. Anytime the tournament is played in our part of the world, that is a great thing. And so uh, did you enjoy uh, getting to watch some college basketball in person, sir? Always. Uh, you know, and I don't get to see enough. And the fact that, uh, unfortunately, I wasn't in Philadelphia with the Mavericks, but uh, fortunately, the regional was in Fort Worth, and so there was basketball to be watched. And, um, and, and I agree, I, I had not been in Dickey's Arena prior to last Thursday. And I think it's a, tr- it's a tremendous venue. And it's a great first and second round venue. It's, it's not too big. You know, it's about 14,000, uh, and that's about the right number, uh, I think, for the first and second round. So not very many empty seats. Um, you know, and it's, as a smaller building, you can tell that the, uh, even on the top level, the seats are closer to the floor. Uh, so it, it was a pretty intimate atmosphere and, you know, it started off a little slow on Thursday with, uh, with Baylor and Norfolk state and Carolina blowing out Marquette, but it got pretty good after that. And certainly, uh, the two games on Saturday were, were tremendous and memorable and, uh, you know, just all what the tournament is about. What do you make of, uh, getting to see, uh, Jeremy Sohan and, uh, Kendall Brown in person, both those guys right now, the ringer had them in their latest mock draft. One guy is at 10, one guy is at 19. I've, I've, seen, uh, I've seen Jeremy Sohan as high as 9. I, th- I find this stuff fascinating, Chuck, because I guarantee you, like even two months ago, uh, it was Brown was much higher than Sohan. And then I, people were like, whoa, this Sohan's pretty dang good. Um, getting to see those guys, put your eyes on them, see them in person, uh, what have you, what have you made? And I think you, you kind of adjusted some feelings about different players this year, whether it be Chet Holmgren at Gonzaga, whether it be Kendall Brown at Baylor, as you got to watch them more and more, I think some people had that same kind of thought about Cade Cunningham last year. Where are you on some of these freshmen and, um, uh, don't dash all my hopes. Do you think there's any chance those two players stay at Baylor for next year? I'd be surprised. I'd be very surprised. Although I think Brown could probably use another year. Uh, Sohan, I think, is ready to go. I, the, the thing that impressed me most most about both of them was that they were bigger in person than I thought they were. You know, that that's the best part about going, and especially you know when you're fortunate enough to sit up close, that uh, you get a far better sense about the physicality of the game and the physicality of the players. And I mean, Sohan is put together, and 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 Brown again is is bigger than I thought he was. Um, I, I love Sohan. I love everything about him. I love the edge that he plays with. I love his versatility. Uh, you know, my favorite game of his this year was the Kansas game in Waco, where basically he played point forward most of the game and really just was tremendous in that role. Really comfortable doing that against obviously a very good team. Um, I'm in, I, you know. I, I, I would, uh, if I'm an NBA team, I'm, I'm absolutely taking a flyer on him. Uh, you know, Kendall Brown reminds me in many ways of Josh Green uh, with, uh, with the Mavericks. Uh, he, he is raw on top of raw. 
and he's probably two years away from even really scratching uh, the surface of the NBA. Maybe he does a Josh Green. Maybe he finds a niche for himself, uh, depending on the team. And, uh, you know, he can work his way into a 15-minute a role in his, in his second year. But uh, I think it's going to take a while for him. I think Sohan is much more impactful much more quickly. Talking to Chuck Cooperstein, voice of the Dallas Mavericks. And, Chuck, uh, uh, the, the, we get some uh, ball going tonight, of course, with the Sweet 16. We'll stay with college for a minute here. Uh, Kansas, Texas Tech, Iowa State, of all people, one of the great turnarounds in college basketball. Uh, that What a job uh, he did. It, uh, I mean, after they went 0-18 last year in conference, it's just un- unbelievable. They're in the Sweet 16. Of course, the uh, St. Peter's Peacocks. Now, you're from that part of the world uh, Chuck, did um, did the did St. Peter's ever come on your radar? Was that uh, or is this uh, is this school somewhat new to you as well? No, I'm very very well aware of St. Peter's. Uh, you know, back in the early '70s, they they actually had pretty good teams. Uh, you know, playing around with uh, Manhattan and Iona. You know, in that what is now the Metro Atlantic uh, Athletic Conference, and uh, but. Uh, <laughs> What Shaheen Holloway has done is is absolutely amazing. How they played those two games, I mean, hey, they're the best team in the state of Kentucky right now. I mean, what more could you possibly ask for? Uh, but uh, I, I have a feeling it uh, it comes to an end for them tonight. Uh, you know, in, in their next game, it's just, you know to, what what they did. You know, it's like what Florida Gulf Coast did, and uh, obviously, you know what's uh, what's happened uh, what, what's happened since then, even what ha- what happened last year, but. Uh, um, you know, it's it's a great story, but I, I, what I'm really intrigued with are teams like Houston uh, and Arizona and uh, and UCLA in the in the four and five seeds, uh, who I think again have legitimate chances to again get to the final four. And I think Houston can beat Arizona. I think I think TCU gave you a pretty good blueprint on how to beat Arizona. And you know, Arizona didn't lose many games this year, but the games they did lose. You know, were the teams that were extremely physical, and there's no more physical team in the Sweet 16 than Houston is. So uh, I'm I'm really interested in that game, and I think Mick Cronin is special as a coach, and I think that the experience that UCLA has with just just about all those guys who were part of that run and were a miracle shot away from getting to the championship game last year, um, I lo- I like them uh, to get to the Final Four. I you know I know a lot of people are on the Purdue bandwagon. And I can certainly see Purdue winning that game, uh, you know, versus UCLA. Um, but I, at the same time, uh, I, I'm I just on the Bruins bandwagon. I think again, it's just it, it sort of speaks to where college basketball is right now. That you know, you can be seated number one or number two, but it's absolutely not a sure thing when you get into this tournament. That that a, a, a mid-level seed, you know, a top 16 to 20 seed, is certainly capable of winning four games. Talking to Chuck Cooperstein, voice of the Mavs. Let's talk about these Mavs. Uh, Chuck, they're on a. They're, they've been in a, in a in a great place. I mean, who knew uh, that this trade uh, and 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 then Dinwiddie coming over. I I like Dinwiddie always. He had that one great year with the the Nets. He scored like twenty a game, and then it just kind of I don't know exactly know other than injuries and then some. Uh, you know, I, it was, it was really weird when he left there on this last, uh, uh, when the trade was made with, with Washington, just some of the things that were said, I, I was kind of like, golly, why is Dinwiddie? He's not that old. Why, why can't he go back to being who he was just a couple of years ago? 
and and Chuck, the the change of uh, location, we we make a big deal out of that sometimes. The change of scenery has just been enormous for him. I mean, I does this exceed your wildest uh, expectations? What Dinwiddie's been able to give the Mavs? I mean, not not even just the <laughs> unbelievable clutch last minute. It's the fact that he's seems to be good for about twenty a night off the bench. Is this how shocked are you that? This is the version the Mavs have ended up with. Uh, I know I'm shocked. And you know what? If you put those guys' uh, hands into a lie detector and ask them to answer that question, I think uh, they'd have to tell you that they're shocked, too. I mean, they thought they'd get, they were going to get a good player. I do believe they, they believe that. But I, I do believe the biggest reason, and Nico Harrison made it pretty evident on the, on the day of the trade, was that uh, they were looking at this as a way to split up the Porzingis contracts and you know make uh, make it easier for them to potentially do a deal in the summertime or sometime next year, you know, with a contract that's uh, more uh, easier to swallow for the uh, the acquiring team. Uh, I mean, I think they thought they'd get a contribution from from Dinwiddie. You know, they hope they might get something from Bertans. Uh, they got a couple of games out of him early. It hasn't happened for him since then. But uh, what Dinwiddie has done since then is it, it is nothing short of remarkable. The, the consistency level uh, that he has shown uh, has been absolutely off the charts. And he has become a perfect fit for this team. And the uh, willingness and desire of Jason Kidd to want to have two ball handlers on the floor at all times, well, they now have that. They now have that with Luca Brunson and Dinwiddie. And, you know, Dinwiddie's obviously become more of, a, more of a closer even than Brunson has. And, you know, Brunson's had some very good fourth quarters in the past uh, and even and even this year. But, you know, when you're Dinwiddie and you're averaging, you know, you're like the sixth highest scoring fourth quarter scorer since the All-Star break and you're the second best overall shooter or something like that since the All-Star break, you know, he's shooting like 56 percent uh, in, in the fourth quarter, let alone anything you're doing in the clutch. Um, it's it's great. It's spectacular. And it really does give Maverick opponents something uh, to really think about as they try to prepare to play against them. And uh, it's, it is just, I'm thinking Matt, of all, you know, we always get crazy around the trade deadline, you know, who's going to do what, who's going to acquire what, you know, to, to make their teams better. uh, And even going into the, to the buyout market. And so rarely does it happen that someone, you know, makes that type of contribution. Uh, you know, to, to some extent, P.J. Tucker did that last year uh, in Milwaukee. Uh, but I, I don't even think he had the impact on their team that Spencer Dinwiddie has had on the Mavericks. And you, you almost have to go back to when Rasheed Wallace was traded by Atlanta to Detroit in 2004, I think, to find the last time that you've seen it such an impactful deal. Yeah, I'm amazed, uh, like you, shocked, uh, but pleasantly so. Uh, Dinwiddie and Brunson, 18 for 32 last night. 18 from 32 from the field and uh, combined for, what, 54 points? 54, uh, with yeah. Lu- with Luca didn't even play in the fourth quarter. <laughs> yeah, and Brunson had 28, yeah, at the end of three. Uh, remarkable. And, and one of the other big stories is Dwight Powell, who uh, there's been some grousing about him from Mavs fans over the years. Uh, this guy's on some kind of a tear. 
I mean, he had 20-something the other night, had 13 in that game last night. His field goal percentage is through the roof. And so sometimes you just kind of catch lightning in a bottle. And, uh, and by the way, this head coach, uh, Jason Kidd, who I can't say that I was – I liked, I loved him as a player. Wasn't that excited about him being the head coach uh, at all. Uh, I think you were, as I remember, kind of a wait-and-see mode. Uh, you like yeah. Jason, but we didn't know exactly how it was going to go. Um, I, I would say whatever's happening right now, we do have to give Jason Kidd some credit for this. What do you think's the What do you think's the best thing Kidd has the the biggest like impact he's had on on what's going on right now? Just think he's uh, put in a program of uh, of accountability uh, and made the players accountable, you know, to themselves. And apparently, last night. Uh, uh, at halftime, after they were trailing the Rockets by one, you know, the Rockets are awful. The Rockets had lost 22 of 26. And the Mavericks had a game last year against the Rockets where Houston was 2-27 and 27 in their prior 29, and they beat the Mavericks. And, you know, all you could think of is this really happening again. And apparently Dorian Finney-Smith got up in the locker room at halftime and said, this is not acceptable. This is not going to happen. We've got to guard people. And they went out and they held Houston to 38 points and 29% shooting in the second half. I think the message went through. And, you know, he, but I, I think there's, there's just a great uh, link of communication between a kid and the players and the players back to the coach. The, the, the feedback is, is clear uh, and they're able to respond off of that. And I think Jason's experience uh, in Los Angeles with the Lakers as an assistant. I think has really helped him in that regard. And certainly as it relates to how he deals with Luca uh, and dealing with a star player, having you know, been with LeBron for the prior two years, uh, you know, he went to, he became a head coach way too early. He became a head coach way before he was ready to become a head coach. You know, he, he didn't know what he didn't know. And it took Brooklyn and Milwaukee uh, to figure things out. And and now this this time with uh, with Frank Vogel with the Lakers, I think it it really has helped him mature as a person, it's helped him mature as a coach, and the Mavericks are the beneficiaries of that. All right, well they're uh, they're chasing down everybody right now. Warriors did win last night, but uh, they have an advantage over the Warriors this season, so they have a tiebreaker over them. Jazz have just been ugh. I'm a huge jazz fan, as you know, and they just have not been, had it together. So this is a there's a great opportunity right now for the Mavericks, and so it's a lot of fun. Chuck, thank you. Enjoy uh, watching the tournament and enjoy uh, watching this uh, this Mavs team the way they're going. I will, and I will. Thanks for having me, Matt. Take care. <laughs> you bet. There he goes, Chuck Cooperstein, the uh, longtime voice of the Dallas Mavericks.